Welcome to another episode of Soapboxing with Corian. This is the podcast where we take pressing issues in the soap opera world and break them down, debate, and discuss them with our panel of soap experts. I'm really excited about this episode today. The theme today is retcons. And are retcons investing in the future of these shows, or are they destroying the past? Uh, so I'm really excited to have our panel here today. As usual, we have Ryan, Ashley, and Jonathan, but we're also joined by some friends as well. We have Tony and we have Nick here. Hi, everyone. How are you? Hello. Thanks How for having me. I am great. I'm great. I'm glad to have all of you all here. I'm very excited to hear where you lie in this issue. It's very, it's it's definitely something that's always up for debate on soap opera Twitter. And by debates, I mean arguing. <laughs> Never that. As you know. Yeah. Sure, right? Yeah. yeah arguing sure. on soap Twitter? Do they do that? No, no way. Where did they no. do that at? That's not the whole reason why I made this podcast. Because I want to hear people arguing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in all honesty, though, I do want to hear uh, everyone's stance on on this major soap opera trope. Uh, what? But first of all, what I want to know from everyone is what is your definition of a retcon? Because clearly, it means different things to different people. Like, what to you fundamentally is a retcon? And feel free to jump in wherever. Uh, well, I guess I'll go first. Um, I feel like a retcon is when you're able to look at an existing, a character's existing history and see where there are gaps and you use those gaps as an opportunity to spin off new story or backstory to create something compelling. Uh, unfortunately, that's not always what happens. Um, that used to be the case. Um, you know, a character would leave for a couple of years and, you know, they come back and 10 years later, you find out they had a, a, a mystery kid while they were off the, the show. Mm -hmm. Now it's more like, hey, we know you watch this story play out, mm -hmm. but like none of that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that part, that's... <laughs> for... so just go with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, it's really like anything that contradicts what I saw happen like i'll give the writers a pass when it comes to um someone's backstory that happened off screen cool fair game for me anything is possible from there if something happened on screen and we watched it you're not supposed to touch it because we saw it that's it like it, it makes it's weird especially if it's done really really badly and we have quite a few examples of that <laughs> Very true. Peter, Peter. <laughs> that actually wouldn't count for me, but it was badly done. So, I since, since you're, <laughs> but since you're coughing over there, I'm gonna throw that to you, Sony. Let us let us know. What do you think? Well, what do you think of retcon is? My thoughts are kind of similar to Nick. I feel like anything that we've literally seen happen on screen, um, that's like a piece of established history for any particular character that gets changed for me is a retcon. So I don't necessarily have a negative feeling about retcons. Um, I just, I feel it's about how it's handled exclusively. Like if it's really well done, then yay, more retcons. If it's really badly done, then, you know, just shoot yourself. Um, <laughs> what's the point? Like, 
of ruining all of that that we knew and just throwing that away. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's kind of where I stand. I, I don't necessarily care as long as it's done well enough that it doesn't like completely A, destroy the character as we know it, B, destroy more than just the character as we know it, C, Peter. <laughs> Jeez. But not necessarily the character, but like, you know, like you can see like all the far reaching ways that that just went so freaking wrong. So yeah, that's my, yeah. Don't worry. We'll, we'll have more chances to talk about him later. Oh, <laughs> Don't worry. But go ahead, John. No, I think everybody summed it up really well. Um, for me, a retcon is basically changing anything that has already been established on the show, whether it's something that I've been told or whether it's something I saw. Now, I think the clear expectation is what Ryan mentioned is there's good retcons, which are things that expand on and add depth to things and then there are bad retcons which literally say that your time didn't matter and that your experience watching the show didn't matter and that's when it kind of bothers me more it's it's not so much the element of rewriting stories because fine cool we're fleshing things out or we're finding these nuggets in history or times where we can shoehorn a, a, a secret child in or you know we can have this other job or this backstory or whatever it is like cool that's fine that's what those gaps in time are for that's what history's for but if i've literally watched the show and i saw those scenes play out and you're gonna be like you know what maybe erica didn't have an abortion you know what maybe <laughs> maybe this other thing didn't happen like you know no that's a slap in the face and tell me that my time doesn't matter to you because one thing that so fans have more than anybody else in this world is the memory of an elephant. Like they will remember on September 4th, 1967, <laughs> they watch when, you know, this character was in the back. November 30th, 1999, hate sex happened and I will never let it die. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's what these people do. And I did, that's cool. But if we're going to have these type of soap encyclopedia viewers, then you got to respect their time and not rewrite those elements of history. And if you are, then it better be damn well worth it. And I don't feel like we always get that type of execution here. Yeah. Ashley, you agree? Yeah, I do. I agree with everybody. I mean, up until very recently, as far as I was concerned, a retcon was anything that I didn't see or, uh, honestly, I didn't agree with. Um, <laughs> that was completely changed out of the freaking blue. For example, Devon telling Hillary that he would never give up his child three years ago and then doing the exact same thing two months ago is a retcon to me like i just i it's not just like oh point. there's a secret baby that we never knew about back in 1980 or there's you know jack has a son who he doesn't even exist anymore because he's half asian or something like that yes all of those things do count as well but also drastically changing someone's values beliefs words just out of the clear blue sky when we know mm -hmm. that that's not the case is a retcon to me as well. Like, it's not just, oh, they've evolved. No, they didn't. Let's get a little pressure <laughs> the, higher right the now. The writer changed. That's all that happened. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. 
evolution. But yeah. So at yeah, EO Harvard. A lot of Bratcons now are done oh, yeah. to fit the plot point. You know, like Devon, who mm-hmm. has always wanted a family who had you know, was so happy to be welcomed into the winters and so much wanted to have a family of his own. It was clear based on his own abandonment issues that he would never give up a child. And he made that clear. But because that doesn't fit the plot point that they needed, they retconned it. So he doesn't feel that way anymore because of whatever reason. And they don't explain that. If it had been a, you know, when I was with Hillary, I saw myself with this... And losing her and losing the baby made me realize, you know what? Maybe, you know, I can't hold on to everything for forever. So if this is a good thing and I'm doing this for you, then I'm okay with it. That is at least explaining it other than just ignoring a a big facet of this character. So I think what it sounds like here is that in a general sense, everyone is okay with a retcon just as long as it, it, as long as it can make sense. Is, is what I is what I'm yeah. getting right as long as it can it can realistically fit into what your expectations are whether it be of the story or even of the character yeah. does that sound right yeah yes so I think I, th- I think my question from that then is like as we know a lot of soap opera fans watch these shows as a form of escapism isn't I know, I know, I know, but people say it all the time. It's a big buzzword within this community, as you know. But, you know, even so, aren't we also technically supposed to know that, you know, we're supposed to suspend this, or supposed to suspend belief for certain things that happen on these shows? So whether or not it's like, like, let's say like something happens and you think it's like a bad retcon, technically, as a soap fan, can't we bypass that? Or are no. there some things that you just cannot forgive? <laughs> okay. I'm, uh, can I go first on this one? Because I got to get that one. Absolutely. I am sick of people using the suspension of disbelief excuse. We suspended disbelief when Nikos tried to freeze the world. We suspended disbelief when Marlena was freaking possessed by the devil. We don't have a problem with suspension of disbelief in certain circumstances. Like, if you're going to give us something otherworldly, then go there, baby. We're going with you. Mm-hmm. You know, why do you think Passions was what it was and we still followed every inch of it? You know, it's when you, like, take a normal everyday situation and then expect us to suspend disbelief over, like, rational things. That's very like, true. Because if you, you know, even look at if you look at it now, a lot of the stories now, especially on Young and the Restless, are just rooted in everyday normal mm-hmm. things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you have to give us something to dis, sus, suspend our disbelief on. Like, give us something to work with, and we'll spin it into something else and give you fan fiction for years to come about it. But, like, if you just say, hey, suspend your disbelief, what am I spending it on? Like, right. there's no suspension here. Like, where? Okay, we're just not making any sense at all. We're just going to go ahead and I'm the crazy one for that. Great, gotcha. I think a lot of that comes from we've just been asked to go with it a lot of times, right? Because creatives are not held accountable for the inconsistent, out-of-character changes that they make to fit their plots. But part of that comes from becoming more 
plot driven in your storytelling than you are character driven. There were certain things that that amen, were, amen. that were held, you know, truthful towards the characters, right? You go to the to the soap bible and you look at what makes the characteristics of this character. You reference their traits and and what they stand for, what they believe in, and you try to write based on that. And yes, there are times when their moral compass could be bent or 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 you know just you know doesn't exist for the time being but you can't just outright fundamentally go have a character do something that is so opposite of their standard operation and then say but you just have to go with it no now you're retconning that person's being their entire yeah yeah and 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 because you don't have an outlet that is going to hold those writers accountable and say hey when you did this storyline, why did you do it? Mm. Why did you do that? Do you not see how problematic that is? When you have people like Michael Logan, who would hold feet to the fire, the likes of Bradley Bell, and be like, hey, when you told that storyline where Thomas took advantage of a drugged Caroline, did you think that was okay? Oh, well, no, because see, if you if you pay attention, they were both, you know, under the influence and, and so it wasn't an assault. It was it was just, you know, she was under the influence. And for him to be like, if that were your daughters, would you feel the same way? Oh, well, now you're going too far. No. Mm-hmm. These are the things that you as a creative need to keep in mind with the stories that you're putting together because there is a power and responsibility in your storytelling that people seem to forget nowadays. Well, I think you bring up a great point. And I want to throw this next question to Ashley. Uh, We've seen these changes over time, you know, as we've seen show budgets decline and decline and decline and decline. Do you think the more rapid nature of soap opera production and writing and all of these sorts of things, all of the time and money that used to go into crafting these characters in these shows is now less than half of what it used to be? Do you think that plays a part too in these, you know, more ridiculous and unbelievable retcons that come about. Uh, I'm going to throw this to Ashley first. Yeah, not really. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, anything, you know, soap related nowadays that, you know, is either not visually appealing or, or whatever, anything like that, it can always boil down to the budget. It can always boil down to the elimination of so many soaps and the decline in ratings and all of that, all of that can be a factor, but that doesn't excuse lazy writing. I just, I feel like so many writers, literally all of the ones that are currently employed, um, they, they fall back on what they're used to. They fall back on what they've always done. They fall back on what used to get the people going 15 years ago. That's mm-hmm. not the same today. And, they are so scared of doing things to upset a certain section of the fan base that they just pretty much play it safe or they say, well, okay, you don't like that. We'll undo it. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely undo it. Yo, yeah, that, that never happened. <laughs> like they're just, they cave to people for the wrong things yes. and they ignore others for all the right things. Like there are certain things that shows have done over the past maybe I'd say five years or so that the next head writer should have been like, yeah, we didn't like that. We're going to undo that. And they didn't. 
and so I just I don't know. I mean, I guess you can always blame it on money. I mean, money is is power, and but at the same time, it's it's just a lack of creativity, in my opinion. I think I agree with you because no amount of money can supplement creativity. No. You know, you can absolutely write an interesting character. If you don't have the money to show us the backstory, you could write a hell of a backstory and make them interesting and make them make sense with the canvas. But we don't get much of that. And yeah. you know, we've talked I, about it on a lot of shows and it's just like, we need some some new people I, in these rooms. I will I give, oh God, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Say it. <laughs> I will give Josh credit for one thing and one thing only. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Just, no, 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 I know, I know, I know. At least he tried with Amanda and her backstory. He tried. On paper, okay. This is the backstory that Hillary deserved. So that's why I never really begrudged Amanda's storyline because it was Hillary's storyline too. Now, obviously, the way I feel about uh, Amanda is not the same as I felt about Hillary. I, I love Michelle Morgan, but it's not the same for me. But her story was Hillary's story, so I can't begrudge her of that. And on paper, it read well okay at least he tried now did it translate well on the screen i'll leave that up to y'all <laughs> <laughs> well i have a hard to say i do kind of think the lack of money in soaps in general does impact it but i don't think it's from the soaps not having the money i think it's from the media not having the money oh. um because they have kind of died off as a genre uh, or a, a facet of soap. Um, it seems like there's like, like Ryan was saying earlier, no one to hold them accountable. So in order to get those, you know, different interviews and moments and things like that, that they need to stay afloat, they have to suck up to the people in power, which are the soaps, in order to get the views and get the interviews and this and that, the other thing. So I feel like the lack of money on that end has come with a certain lack of accountability towards those soaps and instead just pushing whatever narrative out they want to have pushed out. And so it's allowed them to get, like Ashley said, lazy so that they can do a lot of plot-driven Michigas instead of doing the character development that would actually reinvigorate soaps the way they need to be. Mm -hmm. So very good point. I think it's a good point. I, I just really wonder if we'll just call it a spade a spade, if SOD really pushed, you know, and said, Hey, you know, you can't do this, Brad Bell, and this is the reason why your show is literal like just trash. Like, are <laughs> they really gonna like be like, Okay, we're cutting off SOD is is and then if they cut oh. off SOD from that, like, would SOD really, like, be hurt? Like, they could still cover the show without access and still right. do, like, the things that they need to do without access to the star. Like, I, I just, I wonder, like, how much I, I think you're right that that's what the fear is, and that's why they don't want to push back and why they don't do those things, but I mean, would they really, like, lose that much? Because I, I, I think it's a chicken or egg kind of exactly. argument, yep. like like with the whole like 
what they were talking when they talk about like the 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 whole royals versus media over in the UK mm. situation. How they're like, okay, maybe if this one back bit back, then this would change here. But it's like, okay, you're both terrified of each other, and you both have power over each other. And one of you guys is going to, you know, you're playing chicken basically with each other. And one of you is going to have to like stare it down and just like, all right, fine, whatever. I'm going off in order for things to change. And it's always a matter of who actually has the balls to be that person. And unfortunately, I don't see anyone um, there that has the testicular fortitude. <laughs> <laughs> to quote one of my favorite wrestlers to go there so like I just I see us in this long game of no it's your fault no it's your fault well hide <clears throat> me and hug me because I'm still your friend <laughs> there's there's no there's no desire for it right mm-hmm. they're such in a mindset of we have to protect the genre we have to protect the genre yeah um when did protecting the genre not mean protecting its integrity? That like, part. when are we going to get to that point in protecting the genre? Hello. Well, yeah. that's that's where you that's where access journalism falls into play, right? Because it's such a sycophantic relationship where they need each other, right? They need each other to survive. And as such, they don't want to ruffle any feathers because it's ultimately all about the money. Like, there's a reason why Eric Braden would appear on so many covers of a certain magazine that no longer is in existence. Um, you know, when I used to be friendly with um, someone who used to work in the in the industry, I asked you know some of these questions, and it basically mm-hmm. came down to money. You know, and I'm like, well, why don't y'all go as hard? Why don't y'all do? You know, this is just supposed to, oh, because that's not our responsibility. Our job is to promote the shows and promote the stories that they're telling, not to hold them accountable or to criticize them mm-hmm. for things that we don't like. And, and then they go, but yeah, we but we do criticize, you know, and our best and worst or, you know, in our weekly things or where we poo-poo certain story developments. It's like, but you do it in such a haphazard, lightly you know, please don't be mad at me way versus, wow, this story is really not working. I don't understand why you would go and bring back a character who is so disliked by universally everyone, get all this mainstream press for the person leaving and only to bring them back two months later. Uh, Peter, I mean, like, it, it's, <laughs> right. it's one of those things where they, you, they used to do something like that. And because you don't have a TV guide or a TV insider that's run by Michael Logan um, holding them accountable and, and, and calling these decisions out on the carpet. You end up with this kind of just, oh, we're just one big happy family. We want to get along. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. So we're not going to report any bad stories and, and, and we're not going to criticize too heavily because they're, you know, they're already working really hard to save the genre and, 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 and that's what we need to know. Maybe if y'all had done that, instead of just going along to get along, you would have had pressure from the networks to see, wow, the press is really not liking this. It's really a problem. Oh, wow, maybe we really do need to look at the ratings trends that's going on. Maybe this producer really does need to be removed. Instead, 
it's silence. And yeah, and I, to, to exactly, because I think if if there were more people who were stating a real, strong, true opinion about these things, and I think we probably wouldn't have podcasts like these where we could really take issues mm -hmm. and break them down so deeply, because there's been so many instances, so many different things where, you know, if we just had more people standing up for the shows legacy and and what it means and what it stands for then i think we'd be in a different place but similarly going on to legacy i think my question that i want to pose to the entire group is another huge huge point for some for some soap opera fans is the fact that legacy characters should be untouchable especially when it comes to retcons. I want to know, what is what are everyone's thoughts when it comes to legacy characters and retcons? I think legacy characters are not a sacred cow. I do think that when you have legacy characters or characters who come from legacy families, there should be a care and a respect that is um, given to them because of their their importance to the canvas but they're not above a retcon i mean personally i support a retcon for any character however in the case of a legacy character the word legacy has a meaning you know there's a reason we call them legacy it's because we've We've known their families. We've known them. We know who this character is on an intimate level. We've lived with them five days a week for years. We've lived with their families for five days a week for years. So when you are doing your retcons, you should be taking that legacy into you know, consideration. And if you're not you know, handling it with a deft hand, then you're basically cutting off some of the strings of that legacy and then what's left you know um so for instance my least favorite retcon let me preface this i am a sinner my least favorite yes, retcon <laughs> uh, my least favorite retcon of like the last five years outside of peter is theo carver on his current recast run they have literally erased everything about him that makes him autistic they have basically had him take actions with no logical connection to why they're do he's doing them or why he in this particular this man okay i'm set uh, this is my soapbox right here i've been waiting for this moment thank you for this <laughs> this man has been best friends for this girl her their entire lives. He stood by her after she was raped. He supported her. He saw what it was like to have her autonomy stripped from her. He loved her, was in love with her at one point. And you tell me he comes back after a bad breakup and decides, okay, you're back from the dead. I think we should fall in love and get married in the next six months. Three, if we can manage it. <laughs> Excuse me? Like, <laughs> why? Where? For? Why? Who? Like, it, 
It'd be one thing if you let us see some reason for this complete and total 180 on personality change. Like have him say, okay, I know, and maybe we're not in love, maybe I'm rebounding, but you know, I feel like she'll be safer with me. Some like, or, or, or something happened in Africa. What happened in Africa that changed this man so much that he is just completely devoid of all of the compassion and kindness that he wants? What made him this selfish piece of, no, I'm not gonna go there because, but like, I, why, why? As someone who writes and uh, does story building and stuff like that, I know why. It was a plot device, an unnecessary plot device to protect sin or to build sin or make this whatever. They didn't need it. Shit was not necessary mm -hmm. for it. It did not help sin. No, didn't help Sierra, didn't help Ben, didn't help Theo. There was no character development that happened for any of these characters in connection with it. There was no long-term, like, effects of it because guess what sierra and theo are still going to be besties it's not like they had a blow up afterwards i mean he did blame her but he's going to get over it and they're going to be besties again especially considering this bestie was encouraging him to go after ben once upon a time like we had whole situations where she'd come off the phone it's like well she he thinks i should go after it like like it's and then all of a sudden no he's bad serial killer boy like i cannot this man he is the child the only child in a few weeks of abe carver well on screen because there's also brandon and blah, blah, blah. but like we the only on-screen child of abe carver we ever see he is the only child of lexi carver god rest her soul and you need to find someone to like bring her back from the dead <laughs> come home renee I miss you so much. okay sorry i'm back so Nick, that. counterpoint what was that yeah um when it comes oh. to theo in that story specifically his behavior in the very beginning was very much reminiscent of his behavior with sierra and how it's always been um whenever they were doing anything when they were kids or even when they were 18 theo was Sierra, I don't think we should do this. And Sierra was like, okay, but it'll be fine. Let's just do it. And he would eventually go along with it. That's what the first part of the story was, him following her lead. When, to be honest, it was that until the week of the wedding. For the entire storyline, up until the week of the wedding, his he did say, I'm afraid for her. I'm just trying to make sure she's safe. The week of the wedding, he suddenly, oh, I'm madly in love with her. I can't lose her to Ben. It shifted very quickly within a moment's notice. Do I think he should have had more POV in that leading up to that? Yeah, but they couldn't do that because that means they would have had to have played his autism. But they weren't going to do that because that didn't work for the story. But Theo's behavior up until a certain point made complete sense because it was very reminiscent of what he's done with Sierra in the past. So I didn't think, like I disagreed with I, the takes that he was taking advantage of her because he was literally just following her lead. Everything um, that everything that happened at times was, was, he was because- At times he was following her lead, but at times he was leading himself. Like for instance, the fact that name, he asked her to marry him. Yeah, that, that was my- like, 
there was that. And there was also the fact that he was the first to bring up, like, like when they were, when it's a con- the, con- the concept of them being together, he was the first to bring it up, not her, but she jumped on it. Like, it's, it's not like she's been leading this whole charge the whole way. It's been kind of a teeter-totter situation. For the um, most part, it was Sierra. But, but he's the only the, one he, who he, was actually verbalizing any, like, second thought-ish energy about it. It's just, but it's not like she was leading this whole charge from start to finish. It's once she got on the train, she was full steam ahead. That's more that, what I saw. No, what I saw was she was leading it most of the time until he proposed. So we, sorry to interrupt, but we did jump ahead a little bit. <laughs> I did kind of want to bring the discussion back to the main point. Um, I just want to know what everyone's feelings were when it comes to legacy characters and retcons. We can get to least um, favorite retcons and things. Don't worry, can, we're going to get there soon, y'all. I can answer that. Um, my thing when it comes to retcons, I think it airs specifically with legacy characters it's the same as everyone else's i don't think any character should be off limits to stuff like that i just think it has to be done well and like tony said you have to take into consideration that we know these characters and we know their families we know their history so you have to be mindful of what you're writing and having them do and if Mm -hmm. the circumstances don't fit the situation you can't just have them do it anyway it's very true and I yeah. want to. Do you have a point, Ashley? Mm, not really, because my <laughs> opinion on legacy characters is not like everybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you and I have very similar similar takes when it comes to legacy like, characters. Like, exactly. Exactly. Don't give a shit. Like if I saw you matter, come yeah. out of somebody's cooch on live television, <laughs> right. if twenty years later after you've been sore ass, you want to be a, a dumbass or do something stupid, I don't care. Right. Like I just whatever. Like you're just you're just another I, character. Exactly. Yeah, and people have like assigned that legacy character to some of the weirdest freaking like the JT situation is what comes to mind. It's like. I, I get the JT's been there for a while, but really, I mean, I yeah, understand well. that he's completely, he, they made him completely different than what he was. Yes, I understand that. However, he was gone for like 10 years. He could have, he, he, listen, I watch a lot of ID channel. I know how people <laughs> can be normal for 20 years and then flip a switch and choke a bitch. Evil lives here. Evil they lives cho- here. I'm telling you, man, they be choking a bitch after 20 years of just complete normalcy. It's not that uncommon. But it's, I digress. No, you, you make an excellent point, though, because legacy characters should be able to change, and it's okay if the retcon. I think the problem is a lot of times these retcons for legacy characters are treated like everybody else in which they don't bother to include any kind of logic. At least JT was gone for 10 years, so that makes sense. We don't know what he's been up to or who who he was to become that, but like a lot of them, we see them the day before and then the next day, they're completely (laughs) different. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That does happen a lot, unfortunately. Um, I think next question that I wanted to bring up is, you know, we mentioned good retcons and bad retcons a lot on on this show. Um, but some of our favorite soap tropes, especially things like sourcing, is absolutely fully 100% a retcon because there's no way that these things could happen in real life. But we see them we see them all the time and we buy into it and we get into it and, and we support it. Um, 
would you classify sourcing as a good retcon in, in most situations? Because I think there haven't been very many kids who I've been like, you know what, I wish this kid would go back to being in diapers. Because God knows most people on this call hate kids in soap operas. <laughs> well, I... I I wouldn't I don't consider sourcing. <laughs> I wouldn't consider sourcing to be a retcon. Sourcing is one of those things that we suspend disbelief for because it's a part of the genre. But I definitely wouldn't consider a sourcing a, a retcon um, for for this sake of discussion. No, well, not not I, at all. I think it is depending upon how it's done and things like because it 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 can affect the chain. It can affect mm. the birthday. It can affect. I do, yeah. All I sorts do think of some sourcing are it. retcons. So EJ Demera, like, Eesh, yeah, you know, <laughs> like there, you, like that was a retcon. Like, yes, it's a s- suspension of disbelief, but also like they rewrote the entire like chain of days around him to work. Like it, it can be, but that's something that I think every soap fan is okay with. Just because it is what it is. Yeah, the timeline doesn't make sense in days anymore. <laughs> now that you think about it, At it all. really, it I have no idea what year it's supposed to be or when <laughs> anyone was supposed to be born. It just, you or really how. just have to, exactly. It just, just doesn't make sense, but it's okay. We go with it. But um, here is, here's the part that everyone's been waiting for. This is where I want to hear what everyone's least favorite and favorite retcons have been. In their, in their soap opera watching career. I'm gonna just, you know, for the sake of time and, and everything, I'm gonna limit this to two for each. So let me know your two favorite retcons and your two least favorite retcons. And I'll throw it first to, I'm gonna throw it first to you, Nick. Okay. Um, this statement covers quite a few stories that have happened. Um, when it comes to my favorites, um, Tales of Two. I like it when characters get reintroduced or recast and then all of a sudden the other actor wants to come back and they decide to make that character an entirely separate character and keep both. I'm okay with that. Um, I wasn't watching, but Kendall Hart, like it made complete sense. I mean, it didn't make complete sense, but it worked so well for Mm -hmm. the show for decades. So that didn't bother me. Um, My least favorite. Um, Hmm. <laughs> Josh so many Madden. to choose from. <laughs> Josh Madden. I wasn't even watching when it happened. It just it just sounds so stupid. Like why? <laughs> How do you have something that groundbreaking air on television and then you undo it? And for those for those who are listening and might not know, do you mind just giving a little backstory on on what this this retcon was? Erica Kane had an abortion in the seventies. I think it was the first one on television mm-hmm. at the time. And in the early 2000s on All My Children, they decided to say Erica didn't actually have an abortion. She was, um, her baby was taken and implanted in someone else and raised and grew up to be an adult. It was, it was idiotic. Um, <laughs> and um, my least favorite and my other least favorite thing is over sorassing. Like I can name a few characters, the Ashby twins on YNR, Nicholas Alamein. It's it can it over it screws up things a lot so that one jonathan what are your favorites and least favorite oh gosh okay um i guess my least favorite is unnecessary paternity retcons 
So all of a sudden, these family members are not connected, and they're connected to this new character on screen, and then they drop the story quickly after. So examples is like on Hollyoaks when we had Sandy Roscoe all of a sudden become uh, Darren. Mm. You know, like it was unnecessary. There was no real point to it. And yeah, and now all of that for what? <laughs> it, exactly. Like we undid all of this for what? So any type of story that messes with the history like that is is awful. Um, but I love a good tale of two and I love a good back from the dead. I, yeah. It can be overdone, but so a good back from the dead when you haven't done ten in the last, you know, two years, <laughs> like can really <laughs> just like get me excited and shocked again. Like, what's your to... what's been your favorite most recent back from the dead? Uh, I would go with most recent and kind of like shocking was Kathy Beale on Eastenders. So yeah, I, I was watching when that happened. It was, so. <laughs> She had been playing Sandy Roscoe on Hollyoaks, and I think that's why this one this is in my head. Is and this woman quit Hollyoaks, and we was like, okay, whatever. And during a, the live episode, there was no rumors, there was no spoilers, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. They filmed it just in the back lot, and just had this woman walk out on stage, and it was like, oh shit, because <laughs> Eastenders doesn't do Back from the Dead's. You know, like there's they been a don't. few in the history of the show, but we're talking like under five and 35 years. Whereas, you know, Days of Our Lives does that in a month. Um, and <laughs> it just, it really was just something exciting. And then it brought back who was the matriarch and heart and soul of the show. So it was nice to see. Um, I can't really think of other back those recently that have been, you know, impactful. But I mean, mm-hmm. I guess my favorite other one on US Soaps is awful now because I don't know how i feel about nicholas cassadine <laughs> I, I i don't know how i feel anymore That's, about it but. yeah i got that i got that <laughs> so <laughs> i'll throw this one to you ryan go ahead um my favorite kind of retcons are the mystery you know the the unknown child the that that comes to town with um a grudge against the parent um specifically you know, all my children with Kendall Hart, um, General Hospital with Carly Benson and Nicholas Cassadine. You know, they told those characters coming in simultaneously and weaved completely separate plots that wove together through the characters who were involved. And they all interacted in different things, but had different, you know, but had different um, ties to the story. Um, those are some of my favorite ones because you're able to pinpoint a part of a character's history that's a bit of a gray area and you can spin off something new from it. And they GH was able to mine so much rich conflict for Luke and Lara um, with that story that, that fundamentally changed their relationship. And it was something that the actors wanted, um, you know, with, with all my children. Introducing, you know, Kendall... It not only gave Susan Lucci something great to work from, but it, it helped set a future tone for the show. Um, those kind of things are great. Uh, if I had to pick another favorite kind of retcon, uh, uh, 
Give me some. I'm I'm drawing a blank. No, no stress if no stress if you can't find one. Yeah, or if I you or I, or sit, or how about this? How about this? Since you told us that one of your favorite types of retcons is you know the the new family member coming to town. What has been your favorite example of that retcon? Um, my favorite example of that really was Carly on General Hospital. I, I came in. Like I watched GH growing up, but I like we all remember that point where the show that we watch, we really start to remember everything. Mm -hmm. I had just like I was a fan of Sarah Brown's from VR Troopers, right? So when I was tuning in a GH one day, wow, <laughs> the throwback. The no, throwback, that was such a good show, though. It was. was such a good show, though. It was really good. I'm tuning in, and I'm like, wait, that's Caitlyn Starr. What is she doing here? And I was hooked. I mean, the way that Carly was slowly just immersed herself into Bobby and Tony's life, like she was a tapeworm and she just <laughs> devoured their entire relationship all because she was hurt and mad. And it was such a great thing. And Carly over the years was such a great dynamic character that was always rooted in the fact that she was trash and she didn't feel loved and she didn't feel accepted. That's what drove Carly. And for so many years, that's what led to so many great moments of, of her, you know, marrying up and, and breaking down and, and, and trying to prove herself, trying to prove her worth and never really getting the, Never really getting the um, acceptance from Bobby that she wanted. Because I'm sorry, I may love you because you're my kid, but you ruined a family. You ruined your brother's home. Like, you know, that that was terrible what Carly did. And for years, they were able to get great story out of that. And then they decided to, you know, patch them up and make them friends. And that was the end of that. And that kind of bothered me, but at least with all my children, with Kendall, there was always this underlying tension between her and Erica, even when Kendall was, quote unquote, in her good phase. And the reason why that's in the forefront of my mind is I've been rewatching um, Kendall's introduction into all my children, starting from uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's going on to Alicia Minshew. And to like Erica and Kendall didn't really become okay with each other until maybe 2005, even when Kendall was attacked by Michael Cambius and Erica was couldn't get out the words to ask Kendall if she was raped. You know, there was that underlying tension there and Kendall being like, you know, mom, now I understand what you were going through. And she's like, no, you don't know what I went through, Kendall. Nobody was there to protect me the way I protected you. That tension was so rich and they don't everything write shit like Kendall that no did more. they don't everything Kendall did was rooted in either getting love from Erica or getting acceptance from Erica and being denied that not because of anything she did specifically but because every time Erica looked at her she saw Richard and that you can't write that type of story anymore because they don't have the time for it they do not dedicate the time for it so that's yeah. my soapbox. <laughs> great, 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 great examples. Did you have, uh, I'll throw this to Ashley then too. Ashley, what have been your favorite and least favorite examples of retcons? 
Um, so my least favorite is I'm going to have to disagree with Nick and John. Um, <laughs> I am not a fan of the Tale of Twos. I just, I never have been. Ninety time, nine times out of ten, the actor who takes over the role uh, the second time, I prefer than the first. Uh, nothing is more evident than... I guess his name was Victor after everything, but Victor, Todd, Todd, Victor, yeah. whatever. I just, hmm. <laughs> I, I, they're lucky that show was canceled immediately after that because if I had to deal with that shit any longer, <laughs> sans Hulu, of course. Um, so yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of, um, Okay, so this is going to be a little controversial because it, it, it kind of applies to a couple of people currently on the show. Um, I'm not a fan of bringing an actor back whose character you killed off because you realized that that was a mistake and bringing them back as somebody else. Mm. I don't like it. It, it doesn't hit the same. I'm sorry. I Amanda does you. not hit the same as Hillary. Jake Super does not great. hit the same as, as oh Stefan. It doesn't hit my bus. It doesn't feel <laughs> it doesn't feel like they they always bring them back, make them the twin, and put them exactly back with the the yep. uh, mm-hmm. character that they're with before, and it's never the same. It just feels lazy. Yeah, you should it have just, just never killed have, them in the first place. Exactly. Oh, and that applies to Mariah slash Cassie. I'm sorry. Listen, I get it. She's a fantastic actress. Amazing. I'm glad she's back. Having her back as a twin who Sharon didn't even know she was pregnant with twins at the time, whatever. Having <laughs> Let's just suspend reality, shall we? Okay, so having her back is great. Mariah is I, <laughs> I, I can do without her, honestly. <laughs> I just don't like that. I'm not a big um, fan of that. And I'm also not... Um, I, I mean, it, the reason why I'm not a fan of it is because it usually happens so quickly after that I can't believe for a second that the that the writer didn't think before they did it, this is a bad idea. Like, before you <laughs> killed Stefan, you knew it was a bad idea. You knew it was a bad idea to kill Stefan, and so to quickly fix it, you brought him back. Six months later, it was like, oh, it's a new guy. Sorry, they sorry. They killed him instead of recasting, sorry. but that's another thing. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the two that I'm just not really here for. But, you know, whatever. As far as two that I like, um, I guess I, I don't mind The Secret Baby. This is going to be another dislike, though, in this like. So <laughs> stay with me here. I don't mind The Secret Baby that comes back to town, you know, 10 years, 20 years later. It was like, hey, I'm your kid, and my mom kept me away from you. But they didn't tell me why they kept me away from you. They just did. Okay. What I don't like though, when they do that, I absolutely despise paternity situations in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Like, why are are Jill and Lauren sisters again? Like, why did we spend like six months thinking that Jack wasn't going to be an abbot? This is a 70-year-old man. Who gives a shit who his fucking father is? Like, if you're... 
At that point, actually, does your DNA still even exist? It exactly. does, man. You are testing dust particles. And you're right. tell me that you don't know who the fuck that is? Get the God. fuck out of my face. Like, I just, I don't like that. Oh, you're wasting my time. You're running tests on, like, you're, to find your You have the same storyline going on for a 60-year-old that you do for a six-year-old. You have a problem. I'm right. sorry. You got a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Um. But yeah, that's pretty. There was another situation on when life to live surrounding. Um, uh, I, I wanted to call him Todd, but you know Victor. Okay. And um, oh gosh, I can't even think of her name right now. Marty. No. Oh. Oh. Don't get. Why did you bring that up? I don't want to talk uh, about listen. it. Listen, we shaking the table. Oh my god, go. that was yeah. such an amazing. It was terrible. Don't get me wrong. It's still on YouTube, by the way. But it was so terrible, <laughs> that whole gang rape situation. But then you're going to tell me 15 years later that, oh, she forgives them and everything's cool. And they're going to date in secret. And I was like, what are you talking about? What is this? It was so bad. But yeah, I have more bad than I have good, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> That's fine. The retcons are just... I. I yeah, I do I, like Taurasing though. I do like it because I don't like kids. But that's just- <laughs> <laughs> I'm kids. Oh, so what, what about um, you? Corian, I, wait a minute before you go. I mm-hmm. I found one that I dislike. Okay, let us know. It's it's the and we talked about it briefly. It's when writers go through an extremely painful, methodical way to erase the deeds, the bad deeds that a villain did to try yes. to to try to, you oh, know, yeah. basically redeem them. That was actually mm-hmm. one of mine. You can't sit in my face after I watched a woman be stalked, be kidnapped on her honeymoon, be raped, taunted for that rape for months. And then be like, oh, I never did that. I I just let her think I did it. Mm. You're not going to tell me when I watch this man arrange a hit in prison for a teenager to be raped and then taunted him for it and then be like, oh, well, I never meant for that to happen. I never meant for that to happen. That wasn't my plan. You know why? I have an illness and my illness, the tumor is what made me do it. No, I have a big issue with that. Yeah, you know, tumor. It, it, it's <laughs> such tumor. a, it's such a disrespect to the audience who watched it, and 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 then the icing and got on traumatized, the cake. Mm. right? And then the icing on the cake is you then have one of the very women whose child was directly affected by it go, I see him in a new light, y'all. Right. He's not a bad person. I love him. I'm gonna marry him. You're gonna marry the man who, per canon inadvertently got your child raped that's horrible that is completely going against everything that that character stood for and they expected us to go with it now over time did i just accept what canon was yes but it was hard because it's like you played in my face when you did that and it's completely separate for those who like to stalk us and you know comment on everything that we say and bring it back to ben it's a completely different situation than the Ben thing because Ben has a mental illness. 
then was gaslighted by his father and by Chad. He had a mental breakdown. He went to jail. He paid for his crimes. And then he went through therapy to get better. And you had him actively work. But you know what the big difference is? There are still people in town who don't mess with this, who will never forgive this for what he did. And that's okay. Because not everybody should be okay with you. Right. And I, I think it boils down to what we kind of talked about a little earlier, too. It's just about sticking to a character's integrity when you're writing these new stories, these new, you know, branches in their in their life. You should stick to those things. Not everyone has to be redeemed. Not every single villain has to turn the other cheek and become, you know, this type of new person. That doesn't have to happen. Also, not every villain has to be as, you know, cuckoo bananas and over the top as, you know, Franco was in that first, iter you know, iteration. All of these things just kind of all boil down to the fact where it's just like, we have to got to use our brains when we write these things. <laughs> but um, I'm going to throw this last, uh, this last question to Tony, because I wanted you, I wanted to hear well, I, I didn't even answer the last one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I mean. So go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, okay, my least favorite, and this one's probably going to be interesting is recasts. I, I mean, unless it's a sore ass recast, 90% of recasts I hate. I could not stand freaking Tamara Braun as Carly. I, um, sure. it took me a oh, long time to get right. into right. Minshew's Kendall. Like, I will to this day say they should have let Stefan die of a tumor when he was still Tyler Christopher because Brandon Barash has not been good in Agreed. anything he's done Agreed. since he came to Days. And no offense Agreed. to Brandon, I liked him as Johnny, but good Lord have mercy, get him out. Um, <laughs> I just, no, recasts just don't tend to work for me because I understand bringing something new and fresh, very rarely, I should say, new and fresh to a character. But the problem is, A, the actor usually is nothing like the previous actor. Um, you're not bringing the character to the character, your version. You're just giving us a whole new character and calling them the same name. Mm. Because the writers write the same shit. So, like, when Tamara Braun came on, she literally was Carly Corinthos because everything we know about Caroline Benson went out the window because she was obsessed with Sonny suddenly and she was obsessed with Al, Al but he, she forgot she had a whole ass best friend. Like they, they made sure to step and Luke, Anthony Gary obviously could stand her, wouldn't go near her. Like I just, it, I was like the whole, at least the parts that I saw, because a lot of times she just got on my nerves so I wouldn't watch. But the stuff that I saw, it just always felt disconnected and weird. And I couldn't, and, and she used to be my favorite character. So that was just, ugh, ugh. Um, <laughs> and then they did, you know, Jennifer Bransford, which she <laughs> seems like a great actress. She's just not Carly. That's not Caroline. That's, that's freaking not Caroline. No, throw that away. And then now they have Laura, which was handpicked by Sarah originally. And I just, I really badly wanted us to find out that Claudia was really Carly and just find some way to make that a thing. I, I, <laughs> I was just like, I'm sorry. I, it just is. Um, like, unless it's sore ass related, I do not get down with recast. I'm just kill the character and start over. 
That was very controversial. I mm-hmm. feel personally attacked um, by this Tamara Vaughn slander. Um, no, no, no. Let me, let me let me clarify. I like her more now as an actress. Like I, I saw her like first round as Ava and in other places. Like I don't have a problem with her as an actor now, but that bitch ain't Carly. And so here's the thing. Like I, I stand no, no, in that. I get it. No, no, no. Like I get it. Like I totally get where you're coming from because I am that way with some recasts as well. Like everybody knows that I'm the biggest fan of wait for it. Here it comes. Daytime, daytime, um, but I just didn't see it for the other one, um, Guy Wilson. And, and you know what? That's you know, weird for you. It's a very nice person. That was little you know, great looking from the neck down. Um, uh, I really God. appreciated that. That that reminds um, me of another recast that can totally kick rocks and open toe shoes. Um, oh, Chad, bye. Ooh. Wait, wait. Oh, moving on. Moving on. should have died in whatever far off, far off country he left in that brought him back as short, stubby, and weird. No, I don't know. I will. I will say this. I, I get where she's coming from because sometimes the recasts just don't hit. No matter what the actors do, it's really not per, per se a fault of their own. But they He's just not a Demarin. And I, that, I felt that, that I agree with. I felt that same way when all my children recast Babe Carrie Chandler. Um, when Alexa Haven chose to leave. And I don't even remember the actress's name that they brought it over from Night Shift to play that. Amanda but it just Baker. wasn't great. Yes, Amanda <laughs> Baker. It just was not the same. And I had a really vulgar joke that I used to say about that, but I'm not going to say it anymore. Um, but it, it I, I just was not the same. And she was a perfectly capable actress. Uh, she just wasn't it for me. And it's just like um, Sabine Singh. Did not like her as Greenlee. She's a perfectly capable actress. She's very handsome. It just <gasps> did not hit for me. And moving. So I did where she's coming from. Moving. Listen, I, I'm, the, I I'm the same way about the Hulu recast. Moving on to the next question. And Marcy and Brandon are not I need you to uh, plug your ears off. To the next because Belle Black not my Belle, died with Kirsten Storm. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about y'all. Let this. it go. <laughs> Move on. I you know, five year old. This is, this is gonna. This is gonna be. This is gonna be a. This is gonna be a topic for another episode where I give y'all therapy because you've got to move on. You really have. Just let it go. Because no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm the host. I'm the host. Listen. Okay. Let me get the stuff that I love. But just because you easily adapted, just because you easily adapted to new Abby, does not mean that we all had to. But you know what? But you know what? It's a skill that I'm glad to have because I would be sitting on this call as inflamed as y'all are. And I don't want to sound crazy. I don't want to sound crazy. So, Tony, let us know what your favorite retcons are so we can move on. Um, My number two favorite is, ironically enough, The Tale of Two. I, I love being able to get my original fave back because, like I said, I don't tend to like recasts. 
So this always works out for me. I'm like, ha bitch, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is what should have happened in the first place. Like, I, I, I would have rather Amanda had a new face. Like, I know if the, I actually like the actress and I shouldn't like, never mind. We're not going to talk about that. That's a like <laughs> thing. Um, but like, I love the actress. I just wish that they had not tried so hard to have her like, I don't know, something just not known. It's, it's like, I digress. I, I'm glad though, that they at least, you know, twin it out a lot of times when they give us a new actor. So that way I can get mine back um, because I don't want that one. Probably <laughs> 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 I don't. Now, well, Corian, I, have a, I have a question for you, Corian. And I, and what? I think what's, you what's your question? This. My question is, and I think you should pose this to the panel. Has there ever been a situation where, say, the role was recast, the original actor came back, and it just didn't hit the same? Not that I can think of, no. Because there really haven't been. Well, actually, yes. Are you talking about J-Sam? Because it sounds like you're for talking me, about J-Sam. <laughs> no, for, it's called the fight job. I, I'm going to have to say... I'm going to have to say yes, there was a time um, and it happened very recently when Kate Manzi came back in the role of Abigail and it was trash. Right? Okay. It wasn't okay. good. There was no it chemistry. Was that, like, she wasn't there. She wasn't. Out. Her name <laughs> is Miss Marciana. So let's get it right. But Kate, Kate came back and she clearly was not engaged with the content, clearly was not interested in being an actress anymore, because she was DM, well, let me not say nothing. But listen, I, I, I get where you're coming from. And and I, the reason why I brought that up is because I, I feel like that's happening a little bit more, you know, as, as, as these shows are able to bring back the original actors, it's not always the same. The chemistry is a little different. I, I don't, I don't know if- Yeah, it, if, I think it's, it's a chemistry. The writing too. isn't the same, but something sometimes is off. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the passage of time and and all of those other yeah, things like, that Lily, also add into it. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, team dark skin Lily. Okay, go. Yeah. Ahead. <laughs> so I'm <Wow>. gonna. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to the next question. I'm gonna pose this question. Oh wait, to... I have one other fave, and then I'm done. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> my Fine, other but we're running short is, on time. My, the other fave is Rando Babies. Okay, I'm done. Like the rando babies that just come out of nowhere and hey, you're related to that person. Cool. Mm -hmm. Like Lonnie. Uh, yes. Anyway, Same. so <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. We won't get to that one just yet. It's coming through. Coming through. But uh, I'm gonna pose this question to half the panel, and then the next question to the other half. So this is gonna be for Ashley and Nick and Tony. So I want to know what is something currently on a on any one soap opera that you're watching um, that you would like to retcon? Okay, I got it. Um, Avery is Morgan's baby because Carly messed with those paternity test results. Um, Holly is Eric's because nobody needed Daniel. And Jason and Franco should have stayed twins. Susan was a whore, they could have had different daddies. Oh. Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what about you, Ashley? Did you have one? Oh, God. Um, that I wish, that, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm still going to say that I wish Amanda was Hillary somehow. Any kind of retcon they would have given me for that, I would have accepted. They could have mm -hmm. said that, you know, uh, we'll see because everybody is so pro Nate now. But 
my idea was that Nate, because before, as we know, before Hillary died, Nate and they were toying with Nate and Hillary back when it was ugly Nate. Um, <laughs> it's ugly with the part with the side part and the oh, Motown back yeah. again. Yeah. Anyway, just talking um, about this gets my blood pressure. That part, I hated that shit. Yeah, that part was cut deep. They were toying with that, so I was like, "Oh wow, maybe you know he thought Hillary looked like his old his dead fiance, and he was faking test results, and she's not really dead." That I would have I would have accepted anything that they would have done to bring back Hillary. They didn't whatever um so there's that um as far as days of our lives is concerned i accept any and all retcons on days of our lives because days of our lives <laughs> is so freaking ridiculous at this point that it's like yeah that makes sense sure why not <laughs> um uh, i think john's paternity which is another one i know i said that i hate it but john is like 70 who cares about his paternity but i think he should have stayed um an alamein um, if they wanted to go back to that, that'd be great. Maybe um, he will be next week maybe. on Beyond Salem. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I think that's, yeah, everything else on Days of Our Lives, it's like, hey, if you break on it, I'll, I'll, I'll accept it for a little bit. <laughs> what about you, Tony? On GH, um, Sarah Brown leaving the role of Carly. Um, on Days of Our Lives. Oh, no, I meant, I meant currently. Oh, yeah. Like, what's what's something that you would currently retcon on, Peter. on General Hospital? Peter. <laughs> Peter. Uh, Peter. He's already been retconned. Retcon him again. Retcon him. I love the way you guys hate that ugly man. That's great. I would, I so would make it a fever dream. I would make it Anna's fever dream. <laughs> done. <laughs> like, my maxi got fucked over. My, no. Just done. Gone. Bye. Yeah, maybe she has that that kitty litter disease that Sam had, and she oh is just God, she's so just been living in, she's just been living in a, a very vivid yes. hallucination. Learn from your old primetime soaps and make that bitch a dream and go. Um, it's four bye. years worth of material. <laughs> it could go happen. Bye. We could do it. We, some, most people, people have would been buy coming into to it. her bedside and talking by her so she knows about the goings on around. So that's why it seems so similar to what actually happened. But <laughs> take him out of it. Exactly. Gone. Um, days of our lives, I would have had Abby and Chad Byrne. <clears throat> anyway. And <laughs> because, like, Mildred finally learned how to act, which is wonderful. But, you know, I still had to go through all that time when she didn't know how to. And, like, they actually made me have, like, multiple versions of her when she didn't know how to. And it's, mm. no, thanks. Oh, my God, don't Delete. We, are, we don't think about that time. That is Delete. something, that's actually a time that I would retcon out. <laughs> even, <laughs> even as a Chabby fan, though, that time is something I would, I would absolutely Yeah, burn them. They can, go, they can go up in a fire. Let them be in a coma for the rest of their lives or something. I don't know if you need them to be alive, but like, yeah, bye. Terrible. Um, and then let's see here. Bold and the beautiful. Um, can I do like in real life where Jackie is an anti-vaxxer? Can I like delete, retcon that? Oh my <laughs> God. We gotta wrap this up. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta, yeah, I gotta throw this, yeah, we gotta, allegedly, allegedly, you gotta, yeah, you have to say allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> and then on Young and the Restless, 
recent only, because I was going to say Drew, but since it's recent, I'll go with, yeah, Hillary. I would retcon that whole ship and her dying. Yeah. So this question will be for Ryan and Jonathan. Uh, what is something on a current soap opera that, what's a retcon that you would unretcon? Give us one example. Peter in General Hospital. That's it. Um, just completely undo it all. <laughs> Bo's death on Days of Our Lives. Ooh, yes. Yeah, definitely. I'm sorry, that what is did a you good say? One. Bo's, Bo's death. death. Oh, yeah. That is a good one. I didn't think about that one. We could do that. Hope's exit. No. No. <laughs> well, no, let's I'm not sorry. get crazy. <laughs> no. So for this last for this last question, this is just something that I really just wanted to hear everyone's thoughts on. Um, and mind you, we are running a little long on time, so try to be succinct as much as you can. But Lonnie's paternity retcon was a huge topic on on Twitter recently. Me didn't bother me. I was I was very unfazed by it because for me, her introduction into the canvas didn't make as much sense anyway. So I totally felt fine with that being switched up. But for some people, obviously, it meant a lot more. What is your stance of retcons being retcons? I want to hear first from Nick. Okay, so for me, Lonnie, I didn't consider her a retcon. Um, my issue really with this storyline, her being Paulina's daughter, um, was the dismantling of the Carver family. It felt like that to me. So that was my initial angry, visceral reaction. <laughs> um, like, it's James Reynolds has been on the show since 1981. He's been on the show 40 years. Um, it, Unlike the rest of his peers, it took them 20 years to actually give him a child, Theo. And then they gave him Brandon. And then they finally gave him Lonnie. But they didn't really write a lot for it. Like, they... The Lonnie's backstory and introduction was so flimsy that it made it easy to be picked apart. And that was, and I wanted to lay all that at Ron's feet, but it wasn't just him. That was the environment that Days created around Abe. They did not care. Like of all the black people in date time, Abe was probably one of the only ones I did not know existed until I started watching the show. Mm-hmm. So that hurt. Um, I. I'm warming up to it. It's, I just hope they maintain the relationship between Abe and Lonnie and the Carvers. Um, it also didn't help that they proved that they didn't care about Theo at the time, and it was James's anniversary. I'm like, you're doing all this, but I hope we get something good out of it. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. I'm torn, but I'm I'm so far I'm liking it. I just, I just want to continue liking it because I don't want it to not matter in three years. Right. I think that makes sense. I think, I think the way that I saw it, the, the lens that I saw it was that we're finally actually getting the, the fact that we could even have a paternity story yeah. for Abe mm-hmm. is something where I'm just like, fucking go for it. It's, sim- it's similar to how Ashley and I've talked about this before about how with Marlena and John, throw anything at them. The devil, earthquakes, bombs, Mm -hmm. just 
just fuck it up. It's fine. Because also you, the thing, I think the thing that happens in soap operas as well is, as we've talked about through this entire show is that those things can change. She can go back to being his daughter, whether it's by blood or by marriage or however, within a few months. So I think, I think that was the lens that I was seeing it through where I'm just like, yes, I absolutely agree with your sentiment on James Reynolds. Like he deserves his time. But the fact that he's finally getting a story that all the white characters have gotten time and time and again, that's what I'm excited about. Well, let me actually add on to that really quickly, because I actually kind of see where Nick is coming from. I have watched, of all the soaps that I've ever seen, Days of Our Lives is the one that I started watching, you know, earliest. I started watching Days of Our Lives when I was two years old. Okay, I have a very long history with the show. And in that Mm -hmm. history, the black characters on Days of Our Lives are not like the black characters on Young and the Restless, like they were on even, maybe even GH at one point, like, you know, the other shows, the black characters characters. exactly, Days of Our Lives has never really invested that much into the black characters at all, so to finally be able to see that, to finally have a family surrounding him and actually interacting with him and all that, and then to take it away on his anniversary, it hits hard a little bit. But at this, so I do agree with that, you know, if you're looking through it at it through that lens. But I also do agree that, okay, this is a storyline like everybody else is having. So, you know, why not? Uh, the issue that I, I think I have with Lonnie's paternity, I, I'm, I'm here for it. But the initial issue that I had with it was that in my mind, it looked as though they were doing this so that there could finally be a black matriarch on a soap. There are no mm-hmm. black matriarchs mm-hmm. on any of the soaps but you're doing it for a character that may not be here for a year or two. Right. I don't think Jack Hay is staying forever. Like, I don't think that that investment is being made into her uh, as far as like a long-term situation. So why do all of this for a character that maybe has a year contract? Like, I just, that didn't, that didn't sit well with me at all, but you know, if it gives them airtime, if it gives them, you know, depth, which I don't trust Ron to do, but you know, Jamie's there now, so maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll see how it goes, and I'm open to it. I am definitely open to it. I'm not like you know ready to burn pitchforks right. or anything at in Burbank. So. You know. <laughs> I want to throw this. Um, jumping off of the the main point of this discussion, I want to throw this to to Jonathan. Has are you surprised by how this story has been playing out so far? Like, are you enjoying your initial? Like, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that this story was being announced? And like, how are you feeling about it now as you're watching it play out? So my takes more, I think, along yours is just I'm just happy to see story for all of these characters and actually see it play out because I like all these actors and I like all these scenes mm-hmm. and I like the dynamic that they have together. So I'm more interested in seeing that, and I'm loving the way that's played out thus far because it's just been fun soap, you know? So I'm curious to see, I guess, the long-term effects of it because, as you guys mentioned, I don't think we're going to see Paulina long-term. Um, but th- uh, maybe it will be recast because there's quite a laundry list of soap characters that you know, came with primetime actors in the role initially, and they recast with, you know, these matriarchs that became staples. And there's plenty of black actresses that could easily take on that role as a matriarch, and we could see that. But also, 
if that dynamic doesn't change between Ava and then Lonnie, then does it really matter that they're not related? Because like mm-hmm. the the way soaps do family relationships Thank is you. different, you know, and just yeah. the word like blood doesn't matter. Like blood isn't everything. And I would love I don't see Abe now being like, Well damn, she's not mine, so <laughs> deuces, I'm not right. out with those kids no more. Sorry. Like they create this bond and I think Lonnie will still continue to care about Theo. I think right. Abe will still consider her his daughter. And I think that's where we're gonna see the story is you know, you're not my blood, but you are still my daughter. And right. then we get to still have these stories go forward. And that's what I'm excited for. Does it suck? Yes, but you know what? Fine, let's have Absolutely. another random kid come out for Abe. It's fine. And and I honestly think too, going off to your point about you know family not necessarily being blood, I think for me too, I think the way that I saw it is that it is an investment in black characters as a whole, as characters as a whole, because they're building out a new black family now as well. If you think about it. It's always only been the Carvers. And one of my least favorite things that soap operas have ever done is making every single black character related, no matter what. That is something that has always irked me. Every single black person that comes to this town has to be somebody's cousin that's already living here. Every single one. As a black as a as a black person that used to go to an all white public school and then whenever a new black kid would come in and these white kids would ask me if that was my cousin, you have no idea how Jesus irritating Christ. and racist that is. So for me, I'm just like, yo, that's cool. Now we have an extended price family and we still have the carvers who are here and they can intermingle and do all these sorts of things. I find that cool. Um, but what about you, Tony? How have you been feeling about this story lately? I have not understood the upset. Like I, we felt like we fall in love with people who fall in love with their kids. You know, I mean, not Ashley because she's not my kid. But like, <laughs> but like Ashley the reason why people kids. kept wanting to put a baby on Jason Morgan is because of the way he fell in love with Michael, and he knew from the day that he was, you know, taking ownership, but he was not actually that biological father. But we loved it anyway. So like the whole concept of, oh, it must be his particular Y chromosome or X chromosome that created Lonnie in order for it to be a car, for her to be a carver. He can adopt her. They've had that in soaps multiple times where people adopt grown ass people. So like just adopt her, she'll be fine. He's not gonna stop loving her like a daughter. She's not gonna stop looking at her, him like a father. Theo, the Theo relationship, the only difference is that we can maybe get a Brandon in who can come and break her back real quick and give us some Lon- Lonnie angst. That's literally it. <laughs> <It's serious>. no. <laughs> Listen, I no, Tony, no. I like that thinking. Live. I one, like that. I'm one thing it. about what Tony said is, yes, he can adopt her. My worry is that the writers will forget this relationship. That's my biggest worry, because I don't see Abe ever not caring about Lonnie. I see the writers, oh, well, that's not his daughter. So it, we don't have to play that beat. That's what worries me. I, I will I will say, I don't, I don't see Ron doing that just, just because there have been similar stories like that on other shows that he's written for and he's maintained that familial bond. I mean, thinking the, the, the most... The most close story to this that I can even recommend is probably the Winters over on YNR. You know, when Neil found out that he was not Lily's father, 
that did not change how he felt about Lily. I that think was still that's, his daughter. I think that's kind of how my mind works. I mean, growing up on soap, yeah. you get so many musical parents, you know, musical chair parents mm-hmm. where like, oh yeah, today I'm yours and tomorrow I'm hers. Like, right. you know, and so I'm, it doesn't like, it's the relationship that matters to me more than the like blood connection. So yeah. for me, when I heard this, I was like, oh, hell yeah, we eating story, story, pop, pop, pop. You know? Like, right, give us story. Just ready to shake my ass because we are getting full on soapy bullshit that they give the white. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant that, yeah. Um, We needed genuine diversity. And like, I'm sick of my beautiful black characters just being talked to. And, you know, oh, that's a good one because you only see them for five minutes and their story gets handed over to a white person in five, like, during the sixth minute. And it's just like, this yeah. has nothing to do with anybody but the black character. Like, other people will be marginally affected on the periphery, but there's no way that you can take the shooting of this man's son and hand it off to a white person as their story suddenly. No, this is about yep. them. This is how it affects Lonnie. This is how it affects Abe. This is how it affects Paulina. This is how it affects Olivia. This is how it affects Tim. Like you. And this is the shit that we get on a day-to-day basis for 60-some years that there have been soaps for white characters. And now we're getting it for us. And something that I think Koran, you oh. said that you hated the characters being all related together, but Right now, we have three different black families right there. If you really think about it, you have the Carters, mm-hmm. the Grants, and the Prices. On Days of Our Lives, we have yeah. three different families. Like, and the thing is, like, Mom. with this working, like with when people see that it can happen, that it can work, then we can get some more about like the past that you know Eli has exactly. had back in Baltimore coming to harass right. us. You know, and, and we can really flesh things out in a more real way, you know? And, it's been, you it's know, been almost uh, 10 years since Lonnie has been on this show. Literally, it's been, yeah. it'll be, it'll, she's closer to 10 years than she is closer to one year on this show. And we're only just now getting to dig into her backstory. I mean, it's been so long since Lexi Carver was a thing. She was the last black character that they gave a damn about and that was only because she was half white and a mirror. That is I, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of the reaction I, I felt like there were many people who took the spoiler mm-hmm. personally, right? They took it personally and they made it about James's anniversary as if this was some sort of way to punish him and diminish his role on the show. And I'm just like he's getting a big storyline. This is the big storyline that's going to have Abe getting point of view and and being able to go through the very same things that John and Marlena have gone through, that Roman, when he was a major character, has gone through, that others have had to go through, that he's now getting the opportunity to do so. Can you imagine a scenario? We're about to be in a scenario where John and Marlena are the talk to's for Abe instead of to Abe. Like, yeah. does that not give you chills? Uh, like, I, I don't know how it can. I think if it if it happens that way, that well, would be I great. Hope so. and, yeah. and that's, that's what we want. That's them. what I'm holding my breath on. I'm I'm that's, nervous. That's what we want them to do. But overall, it's like 
I look at it as an opportunity to further grow the character. And with Days, Days is, for generations now has made it clear. But when you're family, you're family. I mean, Bo is not biologically a Brady, but he's a Brady just as much as Roman's kids are Brady. You know what I mean? Yep. Just as much as Roman and, and, and Kayla are. So this idea that, you know, oh, now it's over and, and, and the Blacks are being faithed. No, it's, it's, I can get it that it's upsetting. You are right. a Lonnie fan and you mm-hmm. gravitated towards Lonnie because of her connection to Abe. I totally get it. And I wouldn't try to diminish that. But I'm very excited for how it has been playing out thus far. I thought Paulina's explanation was riveting yeah. about yeah. her abusive husband and and why. The scenes know, with her and Olivia were really good. Yes. Oh, and and that is such God. that is such a, a thing that happens in black families. You know, you end up raising yes. your sister's kid, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. And you don't talk about it. You know, big mama's raising the, they, 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 their, their child's kid or somebody's auntie, older auntie who can't have kids is raising the kid, which mm-hmm. kind of looks like what just happened. And, you know, there's some deep, dark, long standing secret. I mean, it could have been a lot more toxic, like sexual assault, which is usually what it is in a black family. That's the deep. Thank God that wasn't it because I was nervous about that too. Oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I'll take this one. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad that it's not that. I'm just, I'm yeah. glad that it, it's a, uh, well, I mean, it is still pretty abusive, obviously, but I'm glad yeah. that it's it's a little more grounded in, in just like General typical family drama. Right. To, in like, typical family black drama. Family. That's the one thing that I'm happy about them not having a black writer until now, because when they're trying to give a story, sometimes they're um, they are too in on the secrets, <laughs> and so every once in a while they'll give that one too many, and it's like, okay, there are too many white writers for you to be giving them these secrets because they're gonna fuck this up. Please don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. So the be fact dangerous. that you know white writers came up with the idea in the first place means that they're thinking family, which means you know, what they do with all the white family. So that's fine. I'm happy with that. I'm glad that this is the big dark secret that's going to blow up the family. This is how you create a central family. Yeah, this, this is, is the kind of drama that does it, that cements yeah. the family. This is, a, like, this is an example of a good retcon for sure, which is, you know, what we what we've been chatting about this whole time. I think for me, at least. But obviously, as we've also discussed, it means different for everyone. But I want to to wrap up this discussion just with one one final thought that you know I want to hear from everyone. Just a quick little thought on, and then we can then we can wrap for the night. But I'm curious, as we see, as we've talked about, you know, budgets and time and production and and writing and lack of creativity and lack of listening to viewers, things that we've talked about and discussed on this episode and multiple episodes before, as we see all of these things continue and not change, unfortunately, because no one's been held accountable for a lot of them. Do you think it might be best for these soaps to try to lean further away from retcons and just tell a solid story? Um, and, you know, typically, as John and I were talking about a little bit earlier before, um, you know, with UK soap operas, they tend to do retcons, but not as often or a little more grounded in realism. 
Do you think something like that could work in a U.S. soap opera, or is it just going to always be cuckoo bananas? I'm going to throw this to you first, Jonathan. Well, for me, I think the big thing is, yes, I've I, I really wanted it for all of these shows to be, you know, more grounded realism and then just moving forward and stop, you know, focusing on rewriting the past and undoing all the stuff. But I don't know. I've, I've, I've given up on these four shows. So <laughs> like, I'm just being real. It's, I, I don't understand. I, I'm just, here's the thing. Retcons can be good. What we just discussed is literally what I'm looking forward to on days of our lives this fall for those characters and mm -hmm. that's something that you know if they didn't retcon it i don't know like there's there other ways that they could have told similar stories and still you know progress forward yes would it have required a little bit more you know thought and work yes but you know i'm not upset with the ilani you know because this blows up so many different things like i'm excited to see how it all plays out and you know it doesn't always have to be grounded in realism especially not on days of our lives i'm sorry <laughs> and we had the devil y'all always y'all always say days of our lives but didn't bold and the beautiful have that talking doll just a few months ago bold and beautiful <laughs> is literally he was crazy canceled. he was literally like, delulu that's why he was about. talking to the he had a tumor didn't he yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter because that show doesn't exist. Um, but, I mean, and GH, you know, froze the world. I understand that all of them do it. But I don't. I think Days is, because of James E. Riley, the one that we always look at as, it can literally do whatever, and we're going to be like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> like, that's great for that show. I don't, I don't know. I, I think that I would love to see the young and the restless quit retconning bullshit and just, you know, go forward. But it, it is what it is. What about you, Ashley? Do you think that retcon should be coming from a more realistic place going forward? Do you think it's been, you know, just to harken back to the title of the podcast, do you think it's something that's been destroying the past or are we investing in the future this way? Um, well, I don't think it's been destroying the past because, I mean, Let's let's be real here. <laughs> soaps are, I don't know. I just don't, I don't hold soaps as high of a regard as I used to. So mm -hmm. at this point, it's like, so what if you're destroying the past or whatever? Um, I I would like it to be a little bit more grounded in reality, but I do want to say that I do not believe that the UK model of soaps will ever work on a single US soap. Nothing that they do in on the UK soaps, even when I hate UK soaps, even when they're doing something that I think is ridiculous. Will I ever believe that the same thing will fly on a U? <laughs> Nothing they do. The Very worst true. that they do will never fly on a US soap. Maul tried it, didn't work. So I, I, in that instance, I don't believe that that's going to be the case. But it would be nice for it to be something a little bit more grounded and a lot less, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Um, but honestly, there are only a few soap well, there's only really one soap in my opinion that doesn't get too ridiculous with it and that's YNR. YNR is entirely too damn serious. They take themselves yeah. too damn seriously at all times. All times. At, at all times. I mean, good god, they're just oh, they're like <laughs> they are the tax collectors 
of soap operas. They're just, <laughs> they are so rigid and so fact-based. It's ridiculous. They can't have fun over there at all. Neither can their viewers. But that's a whole <laughs> conversation. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's my two cents on that. <laughs> great. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> for I'm gonna throw this to you too, Nick. Um, what do you like what is your stance, your final stance then? Do you think that retcon should be a little more grounded going forward? Do you want to see more family-based stories built off of these things? How are you feeling after this discussion? Um, um I have no problem with retcons as long as they're done as long as they're done well. And um this thing with Eli with Lonnie and Abe and Paulina is very grounded. It's nothing too crazy, it's nothing too far of a stretch. It's mm -hmm. something that happens in families often. So like and I'm I'm excited to see how the characters react to it and how their dynamic changes after this. I'm looking forward to it. I was nervous or pissed when it when I first heard about it but it's like this is what I've always wanted like I want drama like I want normal drama for yes. black people so I'm okay I'm warming up to it I hope it goes well um I'm rooting for it I'm on the edge of my seat because I'm loving the dynamics that they're showing they're even giving us a little bit more of Abe and Eli as um, father and son-in-law. Very true. They, That's they, the point I didn't realize. They, they rarely do that. I think the last time they did that was in before the time jump or after the time jump. But like, it's it's they're going into depth on these characters and they haven't for a long time. That that's been my big one of my biggest issues with Lonnie is there was no depth to her. I loved her because I liked Sal, but there was no depth to Lonnie as a character. They're finally giving us that and. I was begging for it for years. I'm okay with it. It's not what I wanted or preferred, but I'm enjoying it so far. I think that's a great stance, definitely. What about you, Tony? Have you been feeling after this discussion? What's your has your stance on retcons changed? I, no, I feel like this the the issue is not even retcons. I feel like the issue with the retcons is the same issue with what's killing soaps in general. It yep. is strictly the lack of character-based writing. They are yes. not writing for character development. They are writing for the big shock and awe moment. And then they don't have any fault idea of how the fallout's gonna go because- They have nothing to back it up. Character development or characters' perspectives or anything like that. They're just like, okay, we're trying to get to this moment. So we're just gonna do a whole bunch of shit to make that happen. I don't know what's gonna happen afterwards, but <laughs> like, <laughs> That is the literal problem. It has absolutely nothing to do with whether you retcon. You could retcon from here to the end of the, to the world, but if you do it right and you base it off of character motivations and, and let the fallout be based in that, then it's going to be beautiful, as we've seen with the Carlys and the Kendalls. And the, you know, it, it works when you base it off of the characters. Mm -hmm. But when you do it for like a big plot splash, you get Peter, and that should die <laughs> in <the> fire. <laughs> You could even make the you could even make the biggest plot you know plot retcons work if the characters involved are holistic characters and you know true people. I think I think that's also a really good point to think about too. Do you have to have to come from it from a character writing standpoint for sure? And what about you, Ryan? Finally, how are you feeling after this whole discussion? Um, I, I'm sort of like a mashup of everyone else's opinion. I 
I retcons have have a purpose, and I think that when they're planned and executed well, um, fully dimensionally, then you end up with great moments that you know that end up lasting. And when you don't, you end up with Peter or Josh Madden or you know Summer Townsend. Summer, right? Summer Townsend, or or you know Philip Chance the the third, or whatever his name is. Like there are there are ways to go about it, and it's not about budgets. It's not about anything. You know, um, former Guiding Light and One Life to Live star Jerry Verdorn used to say that you could put us in front of a black screen, a black curtain, but as long as the acting is there, people will be immersed in the performance, and that's what we need. We need the acting and the writing to be there. Um, so now overall, my opinion hasn't really changed. Um, and Juilliard just, is not good enough. No, <laughs> not his version of Juilliard. That's <laughs> not his version. version. It's not even necessarily the problem being Juilliard, it's the problem that Juilliard's the excuse for why certain choices are made, and it's being told that no, that's terrible, and they just like. But Juilliard, no, baby, so bad. You know, I too can take free online courses from the Juilliard School. And that does anyway, mean I can have be- Before y'all get me sued. Allegedly. Before y'all get me sued, let me wrap this up, okay? Thanks again for everyone listening to this episode. This has been Soapboxing with Corian. Uh, again, the podcast where we take pressing issues in the soap opera world and break them down and debate, as you can hear for the last hour or so, and discuss them. Uh, so this is a really great time. Really enjoyed this panel. Thank you so much, everyone, for chiming in and sharing your stance on everything. It was very, very, very entertaining. Uh, be sure to follow Ryan at Source Ryan. Tony is at only one Tony D. Ashley is at Reckless Love with the W. Nick is at NK3 Play 2. There it is. See, it's always, I don't know why it's always so hard for me to remember. And John is at SoapWiki John, and you can follow me at NotCorion. Thank you again to all of our listeners, and be sure to use the hashtag SoapboxingPod when listening and join the discussion. We would love to keep this going, as as you can tell, we have a lot to say. (laughs) So until next time, thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.